This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, as promised with all my experts this week, we are going to talk about what surprises could happen to the downside. And on Tuesday morning, the first guest is Matt. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning, Mike. Great to be here. I'm going to love this conversation. We're actually going to try to squeeze in four topics. Again, negative surprises to the downside. Realize, folks, we're not calling for any of these. But we realize no. as investors that some of these could happen and it would it would change our plans, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the first one we need to hit, and again, the reason I wanted to do this conversation with you versus all my other experts, because you and I are both really residential landlords, right? That's, that's sure. where we play. Some of the guys I talk with, you know, they're buying big ass apartment buildings and all of that stuff. So really the topic is different. So let's let's keep this residential. Let's keep this again four units and below. That's really where the, the vast majority of our, our units are. So topic number one, what happens if evictions and foreclosure moratoriums are extended to the end of the year? And I actually want to posture that if they get extended to 1231, they're going to get extended to March 30th, because I already can hear people whining, don't evict anybody around the end of the year. Don't evict anybody in the winter. It's cold all of those things. So I want to, I want to postulate what happens if evictions get extended to March 30th, 2022. What does that mean? What happens? Who feels it? You know, all of that stuff. Cause that, that sounds scary. Cause that'll be like two full years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two full years. And the other, th- the other side of that, the eviction piece is also the forbearance piece, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a landlord that's in that found a way to be in forbearance, Mm-hmm. it's it's probably not the worst thing. You just have to match whatever your tenants are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the downside to that is, is that that completely changes all of the math, your complete investment strategy, your entire future. There's just a few more things on the world that we need to put, you know, yeah. that yeah. is such a massive shift. And it would be, it would be pretty chaotic. Um, I think that the, I always tell my guys, bad news is like milk. It's not like fine wine. It doesn't get better with age. Amen. So if there's an issue, I want to hear about it. And when you're looking at kicking rents down the path two years in some cases, how does that make any sense whatsoever? You know, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. You People have, have to have found a way to manage in a two-year period. Three months is great. Six months is great. Maybe nine when you're dealing with the heart of the pandemic, but two years is just absolutely flat out absurd because I think what that does to small mom and pop landlords is it makes them have to put their property up on market. Yeah. I I think there's a couple of things again, in this scenario, we're not calling for March 30th. Actually, is it March 31st? I guess it's March 31st, 2022. But if it happened, I think there's a couple of things that you could say with certainty. First off, any tenants that are actually in, um, you know, the eviction moratorium, meaning they're not paying rent, uh, there's no chance they're going to make up that money. Because again, two years, 24 months, you know, even if they had just have a thousand dollar rental, that's 24 grand, right? All these tenants right. are going right. to be evicted. They're going to have that on their, 
well, at least in most cases, landlords will carry through and put it on their or on their credit. And it will be hard to rent units going forward, right? Because I don't know about you, but one of my criteria is uh, no no evictions in the last five years. Right. That's sure. And you I know. think so to lend itself well to that piece as well as, you know, your bank is looking for if they want to give you a deal, if they want to put you in a position where you can actually go to your bank and say, I want another deal. They're going to look at your losses. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you do well through the pandemic? Did you manage that piece? So, mm-hmm. you know, the the cascading effect of forbearance can be really, really scary, um, whether it's rents or mortgage, because you're going to want to, you have the ability to make a phone call to your bank. I have the ability to make a phone call to my bank and we can say, this is a deal that I'm looking at. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Do we lose the power to do that? If all of a sudden we had some go into forbearance, then we couldn't get them out because nobody was paying. And so we kept them, you know, do we keep them alive or what is, you know, what does that look like? And with the future being unclear as to what that legislation is going to be, it's really difficult to make a game plan other than trying to do the right thing and keep on paying the bank, whether your tenants are paying or not. Yeah. I, I, so I think again, if, if we go out to March 31st, 2022, I think the tenants lose long-term. It feels really good for two years. I mean, I have a tenant still that hasn't paid rent since March of 20, right? Not a, not a penny. And um, you know, I I guarantee you, he, he will, uh, he will drag this out as long as possible and then he'll just ghost me. Uh, and again, he's yeah. going to, you know, I will carry that through, I will hit his credit and, and it will be tough for him to get something in the future. But I think, okay. I think the real pain is felt by mom and pop landlords. I'm hearing Great. more and more. Again, what people don't realize is mom and pop landlords, meaning you own one to 10 units, that's it, are feeling the greatest pain in this uh, environment because it doesn't, it takes, that's right. if you have 10 units and let's say you bought them right and you finance them right. If you have one tenant not paying, you're probably pretty close to break even. If you have two out of 10 not paying, you're losing money. Because again, even if you got mortgage forbearance, shit still breaks, right? On that house That's right. that I have, where the guy's not paid since March, in, the, in, the, in August, which in my market is hot, 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 right? Meaning temperature hot. The roof mount AC went out. Those cost six <sighs> grand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge capital expense for not. Yeah. You have to do it regardless of if he's paying rent or not. Absolutely. Well, first off, it's the right thing to do, but also it's, you must do it legally. Right. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. For for me, it's, I always start off at the right thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then if, if for some reason something doesn't reconcile there and it's, and it's really a judgment call, then you look at the legal piece, but it's always starting off with agreed. What's the right thing to do. What would I expect somebody to do if I were in those shoes and back? The funny thing is, is if I weren't paying rent, I probably wouldn't expect somebody to then replace the air conditioner. However, I take the high road and I would do that. So I agree with you. I would, it's really the right or wrong thing to do. But I think to your point is with the 10 units and one or two not paying, what if they're also staring down the loveliness of potentially a income tax, long-term capital gains tax? Exactly. At 40%. Exactly. This, this, if this goes out till March of next year, the mom and pop landlords are crushed. I'm actually already seeing it. it just, this just happened since the calendar flipped. The small multis, duplexes through fours are already showing up at greater quantity in my market. Now they're grossly overpriced, but dude, it starts yeah. with inventory. It's where it starts. It's That's where it starts. starts. People yeah. say, let's get, well, the getting's good, right? Yeah, and exactly. they get something on the market and I'll take what I can get for it and let's get it moved. 
sadly, in my uh, inventory as of last night in my market is uh, typically on multis, we're about 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. We're at two. <laughs> so, so not up. <laughs> no, sadly. And then single family, we're typically about 140 to 150. We're at six. Six? Six. There now, are six houses, single wow. family, under a million dollars that are not under contract. <laughs> I'm guessing prices are going up in your market. That's all I have it's to say. Re- it's ridiculous. Like there was an open house this last weekend and I looked at the numbers and I laughed. 2,000 square feet, two bed, one bath. It's a duplex. In our area for a really, really, really nice two bedroom unit in one of these neighborhoods, you're looking at probably 14, 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. This house sold for, uh, th- it was under agreement with it on the first day for 350K. Yeah. The numbers, those numbers are so skinny. Like I hope that that person just understands that there could be downside out there and that up isn't the only way that this market's going to go. Yeah, exactly. That'll be one of our next things. What what will happen? My guess or my hope for that individual is they were getting out of a 1031 exchange. They had a ton of equity and they just had to put it somewhere. That's what I hope happened versus, Hey, I'm getting an 80% loan and frankly have an alligator. It's, it's just crazy. Here's, here's how bad it is. Mike, I actually just terminated an exchange this morning. Oh, there you go. You're going to take the tax hit. I had to. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that wasn't 10% over market, you know, that hasn't been sitting there for quite some time because anything that pops in the market. And in the course of having that exchange, Mm -hmm. only a dozen properties even touched the market. Wow. That I would in, in my market, you know, it wasn't, I mean, 40, 50, 60, or over a 45 day span, I can usually count on. 60 to 70 properties hitting the market in a 45 day span. Mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, 10 or 12. Yeah. So again, back to the kind of topic at hand, the, the mall, the small mom and pop landlords, if yeah. they're, if it gets extended, I, I, again, I, even in your market, I would think that some of them are going to be forced to sell uh, and yeah. it's going to be kind of get out while the getting's good. So like in my market, what you would ultimately start seeing, maybe it's March, maybe it's April, maybe it's May is rising yeah. inventory at stupid prices. And then as that happens, prices go up, deals don't happen. Then you're going to find out who has to sell because they'll be doing price drops. Chasing down. That's right. Chasing on the way down. So any other thoughts about evictions going out to uh, 2022 that would be uh, a downside risk? No, I think you nailed it. I think the, I think the downside risk largely is for mom and pop landlords because they typically don't have a hundred thousand dollars sitting on the sideline to pay the mortgage while somebody else doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. And that's largely the issue. They depend on that income on that rent to pay the bills. Yeah. So I Very think cool, that that's the biggest risk. All right. Well, here's topic number one. I can't wait for topic number two. Thanks, buddy. That was good. Thanks, man.